Yo guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Marijuana SA Weekly. And today we are talking about how the constitutional judgment with regards to privacy and cannabis sector goes so hand in hand. Obviously, I'm joined today with Dean, who's going to be helping with some questions. Hope you're doing well, Dean. And we have a honorary guest. It is uh, Danny from the Joint Coffee Haze, and he's going to be sharing a little bit of information about how exactly privacy and cannabis just work so well hand in hand within regards to our legislation. Hi, Danny. Thanks so much for for joining us today uh, to talk a little bit about privacy and the cannabis sector in South Africa. And I'm going to jump straight in with a question. And it's basically with regards to like how privacy and growing is similar to privacy and consumption and is it the same do you see it as the same or is there any sort of differences that you that you work with uh interesting question difficult answer Mm -hmm. uh it's important to note that i'm not a legal expert uh i'm more of a farmer slash club worker um, so for me, they, there's very there's many similarities, but also a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to uh, cultivating in private, you will find that uh, a big supra facility, uh, as well as a smaller home uh, grower of four plants, still has to adhere to privacy principles. Mm-hmm. And effectively, how we interpret that is it is any space building shed, hut, tent, boat, or any portion thereof to which the public does not have access to. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how we interpret the privacy uh, uh, part. And then in different facilities and different grow structures and different clubs, they would apply those uh, privacy uh, 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 policies differently. Uh, in our club, the joint coffee ice, we're a little bit stricter compared to even the proposed bill that talks about no access under 18s in the proposed mm. bill. And in our club's constitution, we don't allow anyone under the age of 21 Mm. um so the subject is broad and it is open but that's our top line interpretation thereof amazing very interesting uh danny uh with relation just carrying on on this question a little bit uh uh, with relation to enforcement uh, tell me a little bit about how sort of uh you know policy and privacy can be enforced in a responsible manner in order to adhere to the, the answers you've just given us um, again, very interesting question, very difficult to answer. Um, currently in South Africa, self-regulation has become increasingly important uh, in all aspects of industry uh, because national regulation or the enforcement of national regulation is tough. And I'm just referring to the current regulations on tobacco products or cigarettes more specifically. Uh, It's got regulations, it's got a bill, uh, there's police officers enforcing it, but in reality it's Mm -hmm. much tougher to to regulate and enforce on a ground level, a stick-by-stick basis, than many people would think. Uh, So when it comes to uh, self-regulation, we are a self-regulatory club, uh, which means we've got a committee 
that ensures that we practice the constitution of our club and the principles of our club. And then we've got a number of audits happening throughout the year. Some of them external financial orders, uh, auditors, uh, some of them legal audits that happens on surprise visits on a quarterly basis to ensure that what we are doing, that we are doing what we are say we are doing, uh, as well as farm inspections, that they inspect the plants, that we're not just growing, but that the plants are actually matching the needs and the people that we say we are growing for. Uh, so we practice a self-regulation model. Uh, we see in the future uh, uh, self-regulatory will become increasingly important, not only in our type of social environment, but even uh, rural farmers. They also practice good agricultural principles, uh, understanding that uh, uh, there'll be a lot of development happening in the upcoming years, but even them have got to self-regulate. There's not going to be someone around every corner telling us to use clean water and to mm. check out the air and to test our cannabis and to share and work responsibly. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, we are self-regulatory and so far um, we've got a lot of data that backs up that shows what we say we are doing, we are doing. Yeah, 100%. No, I, 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 I can agree fully. I mean, it's, it's the best way to do these types of things. Uh, and there's a lot of sectors that have also done super well with where people just, that's where the market goes. We want to have good things at the end of the day. So we, that's the demand pushes in that direction and people just tend to do it by themselves and not have to be, you know, uh, led in that direction with cracking a whip or anything like that. But now, okay, so obviously it's a very expensive and time consuming process, all these audits and all of the uh, procedures and having like a strict constitution and probably updates to the constitutions and things like that. Do you find that it really pays off and that it's a necessary uh, function to to have to have all of these um, uh, rules in place in the greater picture, of course? Uh, yes and no. And I think uh, cannabis in South Africa is such a diverse industry um, that it's difficult to say one solution will will fit them all. Um, just refresh me again there, sorry. So it's, uh, you know, it's like, and I suppose I, I get part of, you know, part of it is is also that no one wants to have to have all of these rules uh necessarily about oh, privacy you know and then also like on the other hand we do have to do it you know it's that way of you know is it really necessary yes um so uh, yes and no i think mm. if you look at tobacco law and the evolution of tobacco and liquor law um that's ultimately there to protect the consumer. Yeah. Uh, many of our good agricultural practices are put in place to protect the consumer. Uh, yeah. So I definitely think there's a place for uh, rules and guidelines, but I'm also very mindful of over-regulation too mm. early in the process. Uh, personally, I feel that uh, regulation should come in at secondary processing. And what yeah. that means, it will allow rural uh, a, a, an heritage farmers to still farm cannabis and to still mm. farm it freely um, and with good agricultural practices, but without regulating them dead and into the ground. Uh, and our club is an example of it. We are a nonprofit organization and purely because the law currently uh, requires us to be a nonprofit organization. Uh, but the reality, it is so expensive to do what we do because mm. every plant gets a photograph every single week that goes to an independent member 
where that contract is updated every single time that plant moves. Mm. Um, uh, and that is not regulating the plant um, or giving good, necessarily improved benefits to the consumer. It is purely to be able to defend ourselves in a court of law. Yeah. Uh, so we do a lot of these things uh, and uh, uh, spend a lot of extra costs more from a legal protection perspective where I feel a lot of that resources could be reinvested into the product to make it a safer product that will ultimately run through to benefit the consumer and our uh, uh, communities. Uh, so we have created almost 50 jobs in the Northwest, but all 50 jobs are on the breadline. They almost mm. making it and almost not making it because of this non-profit status so mm. uh, we are up for regulating things uh, but we are open for people to view the whole industry not just sopra related facilities and not just the industrial guys but to look at smaller people like ourselves smaller communities uh, and rural uh, uh, and heritage farmers and at current moment the overregulation is making it impossible for a youngster to enter uh, the industry um, it's disheartening and it's dangerous it's discouraging at the moment I commend you on Sorry that. Sorry about the rent. No, no, I commend yeah, you on, on that. It's it's so, so impressive to see it, uh, you know, followed so so uh, diligently. Yeah, excellent answer to some difficult questions, there, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cool. So, just uh, I think we would have inspired a couple of people to really start thinking differently from this conversation. Um, in your experience as a as a club member and as a as a cultivator, have you, as you've said, what are some uh, common misconceptions about privacy, cultivation, or consumption that you see maybe on a on a daily basis? Um, sure. I think it's a lack of understanding, um, a lack of daylight communication that tells people this is where we stand. This is where the law stand and this is what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Um, well, there is no rule books, hey, you know, it's just it's it's so difficult to to determine. And they kind of putting us in the position where we're supposed to be the lawyers, but we're not. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I think the biggest misconception in our community, biggest two or three, uh, the first thing is many people think cannabis is legalized in South Africa and it's yeah. not, it's decriminalized. Yeah. Um, that is one big issue, not issue, uh, uh, thing that needs to change in our community. Another big uh, uh, stigma is uh, CBD is currently being sold as a magic bullet that mm. heals and fixes everything. everything. And that, <laughs> Also not the truth. Um, and then um, I think uh, there's a misconception that cannabis equals uh, drug addiction and bad people. Um, mm. And I think our community that's been standing loud and proud on the high street for three years has changed that uh, negative stigma uh, where people see we are growing community and we're creating jobs and we're growing vegetables and we're engineering machines. Um, and unlike many mm. other negative mindsets currently out there, uh, our little cannabis community is positive. Mm. Uh, and we're innovative and we're engineering things and we're building things. We don't have any money and we don't have a bill to work towards, but we're trying our best. And, yes. and it's just such a positive uh, uh, mindset in the cannabis space at the moment. And it's inevitable. It's happening. It's not an industry where politicians think it's going to happen once they say it's happening. Yeah. Um, and no, it's, it's got a lot of power. 
hundred percent agree. You know, the the industry in South Africa, it's a, it's sad that we have to fight so hard against you know all the adversity and like it's such a ready to boom industry and ready to thrive industry with like so many like you know at the, the march we saw so many decent people and such amazing uh you know things that they told us about how it's helped in their lives and and things like that and it's just sad that we have to always be under the you know under the the watch of of unnecessary watch of government and things like that so i commend you on your your diligence towards you know maintaining a a a, a establishment that's so you know constitutionalized and so organized and so prepared because that is exactly the stigma that we're trying to break within the the you know that's that's the image we're trying to put out in the industry and i really do commend you on that and thank you for coming on the show today like like danny was saying you know that there's a stigma around what people in the cannabis industry are like and it's really not the case you know there's some of the most hard-working being in this industry is not all easy. It's laying hard. It's difficult from growing to running an establishment to running mm. a grow shop, you know. And uh, a lot of people think it's a get-rich-quick industry where it's just money's flowing everywhere, but it's not the case. You know, it's a super, super, super hard industry where only if you are passionate and you're working hard every single day of your life towards this will you make it in this industry. You know, it's the, mo the most hardworking people I know are in the cannabis industry. So it's really, uh, you know, it's uh, it just comes across again and again and again, getting guests on and people in the industry and everyone sticks with that same kind of, everyone's kind of fits in that same kind of mantra, you know? So, you know, it's a, it's a hard industry, but like Danny said, and I agree, it's, it's a positive industry and it does lack a lot. I mean, the, the, there is obviously, there's lots of trials and tribulations and the, the fight carries on, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of, there's really good people in this industry and it has changed people's, changes people's mm -hmm. lives, you know, has changed Could a lot of people's lives. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, thanks uh, to Danny and to uh, Danny from Dejoined Coffee Haze. Uh, it was amazing to have you on the show today. Thanks, Dean. And as always, guys, till next week. Peace. Peace, guys.